Hello and welcome back to Trash and Treasury with Grace and Miranda, the podcast where we give you the smart stuff, but we also lean heavily into the trash. In fact, today we're pretty much just jumping straight into the swimming pool of trash and splashing around. (laughs) Splashing around, trying to find some treasure in there. And look, there are some treasure nuggets. Like I have to say, um, if you haven't listened to any previous episodes today, we are talking about the one and only show Married at First Sight, Maths, it is our promised Maths extravaganza. <laughs> mm-hmm. And look, if you're feeling a bit sceptical right now, Maths, you know, this is not your vibe, totally respect that and get that. And so yep. we definitely know some of you listening have like loved every episode and are totally up to date, but we also know some people are totally we'll have no idea what we're talking about. So we'll also be breaking down and explaining to you, you know, what maths is. So have an open mind. But if you really don't want to watch maths, you can, of course, skip to our Hills and Recos. But that would be a shame because it's going to be a good combo. It is. Don't give them an option, Grace. They must listen. (laughs) (laughs) There's some, like, great moments in there. (laughs) There are. There are. And as mentioned, the last few weeks, we're actually coming to the end of season three already. So this will be our last episode before we take another little break for a few more weeks as we do between seasons. Yeah, I cannot believe that we are sitting here recording our season finale of season three. Like, I'm just, I can't believe (laughs) I can't believe how far we've come. And um, as we had that uh little episode the other week where we couldn't record going back and listening to one of our old ones and hearing us now it's just it's so different (laughs) it is we've come a long way and thank you to everyone who's joined us along the way and is still listening at the end of season three we really appreciate your company every Tuesday night that's right but without further ado we are getting straight into maths So it's finally here, the day where I get to hear Grace's opinions on (laughs) Married at First Sight, (laughs) the most current season, of course, Um, but there's many more seasons I would like her to watch. Um, For those of you who are not down in the cesspool of Married at First Sight sewerage, like the rest of Australia, (laughs) um, (laughs) um, I I don't know how to explain it. It's essentially a cult of followers that it has built over many years. Um, This season has been particularly crazy, but they're all crazy and they have certainly got crazier since it first began. So we're going to be just very quickly recapping the premise. And Mm -hmm. for those of you who watch the show, you're going to think, okay, isn't it obvious? But no. Let's just let's just peel it back. We're we're deep in the cult right now, and we need to take a step back and look at it from a bird's eye view of this ridiculousness mm. and the greatness that is maths. So, <laughs> the premise is three psychologists, aka many many producers, many many casting directors, many many TV show people all in the background, find enough contestants to go on a show who will agree to be married to a complete stranger 
before knowing anything about them mm-hmm. <laughs> and literally meet them at the altar. So basically when the show first began, it was sort of like a, you know, people have been looking and dating and using the apps and, you know, everyone's kind of lonely and it was sort of like a last ditch attempt at love. And and the idea was that, um, you know, what, what we're made to believe is that the psychologists and all the experts, um, I'm doing quotation marks if you yeah. guys can't see those through the podcast headphones. Surely um, they're not psychologists, those <laughs> crazy people. They have I think cred- Alessandra is, but the other two did not strike me at all as any sort of medical professionals. <laughs> so Alessandra is an addition to this season. She's never been on a previous season, but, mm. um, but the experts do have their qualifications. However... Uh, don't know how much they practice but also you know whatever they they bring something to the show they need yeah. to lose their medical licenses they need to yeah, be that. stripped <laughs> be stripped of all of their credibility <laughs> but um essentially it's the idea is that they match them with people who are going to be a great match and they do this by you know people smelling shirts and pheromones they do this by um you know seeing what types of people they like, personalities, physical type, um, you know, where they want to go in life, their life goals and everything. But the one thing they don't take into accountability is location. Location, mm-hmm. location, location. People have been telling that. <laughs> people have been saying that in the real estate market for years, but they have clearly not taken this advice on board for Married at First Sight because I feel like if they did, that would change the result of the couple's success dramatically. Exactly. (laughs) But that's the whole point. They're trying to put the couples under stress and deciding where they'll live is one extra stress factor because they're not picking couples that will actually be compatible. They're picking couples that will make the best TV by their I know, but I feel like incompatibility. (laughs) Couldn't you pick two really fiery people who live in the same state? I mean, there are enough fiery people from all the states. But they cross If you wanted to them. create love, sure, but they yeah, only want to create weddings. Yeah, that's right. And also I have to preface this with they're not getting actually married. It's fake married. So they meet at the altar. They have a wedding. Everyone's invited except for this current season because of COVID. No one was allowed to come and it was really weird and sad. Um, <laughs> the weddings were just but super awkward. Also weird and sad that the weddings were still happening when like so many people couldn't have their own weddings yeah but meeting a stranger at the altar and family yeah but meeting a stranger at the altar at least like you know who your husband is usually but because they don't know who their husband is they've got all their supportive family and friends to help them get mm. through that strange process but they don't have that anymore and so it was just such an awkward season but the idea is usually they have friends and family and everyone come to an actual wedding and they actually have a you know a celebrant there and they are doing a commitment ceremony but they're not actually getting married so yes essentially drama ensues these couples live together. So at the start of Married at First Sight, back ye- way back ye old season one, they lived in the person's house, in one of their houses. So they had to pick wow. one of the houses. Yes. That's so really interesting. It was almost like Farmer Wants a Wife except with only one wife um, or one husband and they would pick the most convenient location to go to for both parties kind of thing, like who could give up their work the easiest or whatever. So um, that's what they did. Then they thought "Mm," they had a dinner party one time. So they were still living in separate houses, but 
they actually had a dinner party one time and it was amazing. Like it was just, there was only one dinner party the whole season. Mm. So fast forward to now where we pretty much have dinner parties every goddamn night and it's the best Yeah. Um, because the couples uh, several seasons ago, the producers decided, you know, instead of having a person live at someone's house because that's like actually a good way to see if you're compatible and whether someone would willingly move to that person's house, meet their friends, be in their life, etc. The things that yeah. a normal relationship, you know, might need. Um, they thought, screw it, let's put them all in a hotel so that one, we can get some cheating scandals and yes. two, so that they can have dinner parties every night. But then, Grace, they introduced something else. The commitment ceremonies, the weekly Oh, they're not always there. Absolutely not. This was not a thing. So the commitment ceremonies, um, for those uninitiated, what it is, is the experts, quote unquote, sitting on a couch interviewing each couple every single week asking how it's going and then making them air their trauma and dirty laundry in front of everyone in front of everyone about everything everyone has an opinion and they do it the night after the dinner party where they purposefully try to stir the shit up and like things are a bit more rowdy now things were a lot more respectful when it first started because people weren't used to the whole drama of it but now because of the ratings and the seasons and people have watched maths who have gone on maths you know people understand that there's drama and that and you can just say whatever you want and like you can you know I think people have got used to the concept so it's gotten rowdier as the seasons have gone on whereas at first that different kind of person now probably so look they were able to attract some big personalities who were willing Mm -hmm. to stir up the drama previously um but it's just kind of stepped up a notch you know the rowdiness has stepped up the kind of uh, fighting has stepped up a notch and people who've watched maths are now on maths you know it's it's totally transformed but the invention of the commitment ceremony involves experts interviewing couples and then asking each person individually in that couple whether they want to stay or leave now, it's like Survivor. They write it on a piece of paper and reveal it. It's like Survivor. It is. It's like Big yeah. Brother's trying to be Survivor. Married at First Sight is trying to be Survivor. Like Survivor is the OG of mm-hmm. shows. Like it's such a con- it's a concept that works. Everyone's we really need a Survivor episode. Um, we do. When it comes mm-hmm. out, we will be recapping that, obviously. Um, so pretty much the caveat is, you know, in a regular relationship, you know, if we were in a relationship, Grace, and I said, I would like to leave the relationship and you said, mm-hmm. well, that's not happening, I'd be like, well, I'll be going. Um, mm-hmm. However, not on, maths. In, not on <laughs> maths. So on maths, if one person says leave and the other person says stay, they both have to stay for one more week until the next commitment ceremony. But in some seasons, people have said leave for like three and four weeks in a row and the other person has said stay and they've had to stay for like four weeks wow. more than they had requested kind of thing but it is an experiment and the idea is so they say so the producers say and the tv says is that you know some people in real relationships want to leave and so sometimes giving it an extra week to talk about things to maybe talk to one of the experts or to go do something fun or to meet the family you know kind of just do something to reconnect 
can sometimes help couples. And so that is sometimes something that I I do think is a bit of a truism about relationships and everything. Like I think sometimes people can have the, you know, the feeling of that they have a fight and they want to run, but actually maybe they could have worked it out. And I do People in this season said, I wrote leave, but I'm glad the other person wrote stay because this week I did. Yeah, it does actually happen. not that bad, yeah. Like I know it's for ratings. I absolutely know it's for ratings, but I actually personally think the concept is a truism of relationships and I think that it's interesting. I think that maths is ridiculous, but I think that it brings so many questions about relationships to the forefront. But before we get into the deep stuff, Grace, I'm so honoured that you've watched a whole season of maths and I need to know (laughs) your thoughts immediately on your overall feelings. (laughs) Well, I did it for the pod you know, I did it for the pod and I <laughs> I knew we were going to do a maths episode and honestly, uh, my plan was I'm just going to watch the first episode to figure out who all the characters are and then <laughs> I will watch the, re- like read the recaps and then I'll be able to know who's who and keep up. Yeah. The problem with that was the first episode, every episode goes for about an hour and a half firstly, yep. plus a hundred ads for KFC. And so you have to watch every wedding first. So that's you have like to watch every two weeks first. worth of and shows. <laughs> exactly. So as someone who'd never watched maths before, I had no idea that all the weddings take weeks and then weeks. even more weddings happen even more weeks later. So basically... They've also now introduced like, intruder weddings. So that's a new thing exactly. as well. <laughs> so I was like six to eight hours deep before I'd even met the characters. So then by then I was invested and then I was like, I actually am obsessed with maths, but it is also a really terrible show. Like it's so, yes. it's so bad. Um, so I just want to pick up on a few things that you mentioned when you were just giving like your synopsis of maths as a concept. Yes. So they keep saying it's a social experiment and they all refer to it like that, like all the time. And it literally makes no sense because literally what's the experiment? Like supposedly it's, (laughs) can you actually fall in love with someone you meet at the altar? That's what they're testing. But from Wikipedia, they have had 75 couples on maths over the years and only four couples stayed together. So if this was an actual clinical trial, you'd be like, obviously this doesn't work. So accurate. First of all, obviously, it's not on experiment. It's a TV show and everyone knows that. Like, But they keep saying that like every five seconds. They're like, I think I'm going to leave the experiment. They've yeah, like it's made a gimmick. them come call on. It that all the time. It's like season eight. Like, come on. Everyone knows that it's a show. And like it's, yes, it started out as being like, oh, this experiment. It's just a word. I feel like it's obviously bullshit. And, you know, people know that. Viewers know that. They just call it the experiment because I guess it is a weird experiment, but it's not an experiment that's trying to improve. (laughs) No, exactly. But it started out as an experiment. It also started out as an experiment in ratings. Yeah, I guess that is what they're experimenting. It's a social experiment. I think it's really interesting how people react to maths, how people endure maths and now, like, there's kind of, you know, the breaking the fourth wall, but then they're, like, breaking the fifth wall, the sixth wall. Like, it's just inception. It is pretty self-aware. It is interesting. And the con- I feel like, yeah, the contestants are also, like, self-aware. 
very self-aware and breaking the fourth it's wall a lot as inception. well. inception. But also when you were saying in your synopsis that some of them are psychologists, I was also shocked at that because they keep calling them experts. So and I was like, why do they call them that? Like they literally should just call them life yeah. ruiners. Um, <laughs> life ruiners. <laughs> but also the other thing I was thinking they should call them is, you know, in the Hunger Games, they have the game maker that sets up the thing. Because yes. literally the experts are just setting up the trap for how they're going to ruin people's lives and make them suffer that week. That's the what they're game doing. Game makers. Yes. Oh, my God. That's what they should call next season. Um, yes. <laughs> like literally that's how Channel 9 should refer to themselves. There's actually an infamous woman who is that person um, oh. who is like in charge of maths. I forget the name. Um, there is a first name. that Is she basically around. like Constance Zimmerman from Unreal? Unreal, yeah, where yeah. they play a reality TV show uh, ga- uh, game maker. I just called them a yeah, game maker. Yeah, literally. It but works, like, doesn't it? A, a producer, it works the same way. They stand in the showroom, they look at the edits, they look at how to make it more dramatic and how to spice things up. Yeah. Obviously, that show is like slightly exaggerated, but only a little bit. <laughs> mm, so but that is such a perfect description. Yeah, look, the experts are quote-unquote experts they have technically like their degree but it's kind of like someone saying they're a lawyer when they got a law degree but currently they're you know traveling for their 17th year in um like Dubai or something you know what I mean like it's like yeah you're not a lawyer you just happen to have a law degree and I think it's the same thing with John Aitken Mel and um not so much Alessandra I love Alessandra yeah it used to be Trish, who was a cute little um, New Zealander lady who left the show because she um, thought that they weren't doing right by the contestants. Just really? <laughs> yeah, she was really cute and she That's was known for her, her, um, her, her trying to spice things up sexually. So she was the um, Alessandra, but way okay. less. And she was like, the way that you guys should spice this up is by sending sexy texts. Sexy texts. <laughs> because she was New Zealander. It was like really cute. <laughs> And that's all she was known for. Then she was just known in the recaps for, you know, looking like she was bored and going to sleep. So she didn't wow. have a lot to say. <laughs> wow. Well, I missed her. No, I loved Alessandra. But the other experts, I was like, no, no, not here for them. <laughs> it's pretty interesting to see the dynamics of different relationships and different couples. And I think that that is what people love about it. So, for instance, I've recently got housemates again and they love watching maps as well. And mm-hmm. We watch it together and, you know, we comment on the relationship styles and kind of like, you know, that person said this or that person said that and like a couple of us all have a different opinion and it gets us talking and we're sort Mm -hmm. of like, oh, but I think that was ridiculous. And then, um, you know, my housemate's boyfriend might be like, oh, like, but I don't think that was that ridiculous. And we're like, yeah, but because of this reason, he's like, yeah, but like, what about like, this was obviously the reason that he said that Mm -hmm. or something. And we're kind of like, oh, I kind of see where you're coming from. And then he'll be like, oh yeah, I kind of see where you're coming from. Like, I don't know. Like, it's not like we're always split opinions. Like we usually Mm. agree, but sometimes it's like, it really gets people talking and you can be like, oh my God, I've got a friend like that. I've got a friend like that. Or I've got a, you know, like, um, there's so many different types of couples that they get. That's definitely correct. And you know, we'll talk a bit more about this later in the segment about yeah. some of the more toxic behaviors. But I do definitely think that that is a benefit of the show is that it does show relationship behavior in a way that a drama or a scripted show just can't get across. They just can't and, get it right. Like the yeah. awkwardness and the 
but also the poor behavior and so it does actually help it does help people be able to identify that bad behavior and maybe improve their own you know who they're attracted to and what behavior they're tolerating by seeing it reflected back in a sort of 100% yeah show like this we talk about it at work even you know sometimes like you know if we get five minutes to ourselves you know we'll all pop up out of our desks and be like oh my god did you watch maps last night oh my god did you hear what that person said and then like someone might be like oh my god but like she was such a bitch and I'll be like she is not a bitch she is standing up for herself and someone else was like yeah like she's such a bitch though and someone else will be like no because that mm-hmm. behavior is not okay or something like you know like it gets us all kind of fired up and interested and talking about behaviors and even relationship dynamics and I know that this particular season like I do have to like I know that we've watched this season and we are talking about this season and there has been relationships depicted of all spectrums, but particularly bad ones (laughs) Um, (laughs) that has been the iconic part of the show. And that is, yeah, obviously really cool and interesting conversation for the public to have. And so I think that, you know, yes, maths is the device, but we're having really interesting conversations. But But on the other hand, someone's getting hurt. There's real people there living the interesting conversation we're having. I would like to comment on that at some point. Uh, we'll get there mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about Bryce and Melissa. Um, yep. But um, <laughs> I do have an opinion on that as well. But what I'd like to say about other seasons is that it hasn't necessarily represented a type of toxic behaviour that was being called out by other people and things like that. So I think mm-hmm. that, you know, in other seasons that have been unbelievable like with some of the most um you know known contestants to come out of it like Martha and um she's still with her partner actually (laughs) she's still with her husband yeah they do like a um on channel nine on on nine now they do a review thing well it's actually Martha's red wine moments because she's known for throwing a red wine on Uh, Cyrell I get ads for that Cyclone Cyrell I don't know what it is I assumed that was what was happening in those ads um yeah okay yeah and like her boyfriend is sometimes on there as a guest and her mum and stuff as well and her mum is literally going into the big brother house like it's it's inception it's reality tv inception um also Martha went to our high school so that's pretty cool Wait, what? Um, Martha went to our high school. So Really? Yep. Yep. How much older or younger than us is she? Oh, uh, like two years older than us. What? One, one or two years older than us. Yep. Really? Her sister was I've in our year level. Name. Yep. <laughs> That's so weird. Pretty exciting. We like basically know Pretty her, except sad. I didn't know that until I read that in like a magazine. So um <laughs> I feel Can't like claim our the friendship. School principals would be like, "What a depressing tale for our alumni." Yeah. One better for you. <laughs> She's literally you Kim Kardashian Junior. Junior, like she is effing killing it like she's just amazing she's she's a boss bitch okay, wow. anyway so anyway. my point Look, is think, my point is that yeah. was a huge tangent my point is that on other seasons there hasn't been this kind of really cool interesting the kind of me too domestic violence family violence discussions that have been happening surrounding you know, toxic behavior and toxic masculinity. And is that because toxic behavior didn't occur or because nobody called it out? Um, I just think the drama was slightly different. So the toxic behavior was sometimes happening, but it wasn't necessarily a representation of a real life relationship where a person chooses to stay. 
with mm. a toxic person who is, you know, clearly lying, gaslighting, um, mm-hmm. you know. Love bombing. Love bombing. But then this person choosing to stay and just having blinkers on. And in other seasons, yes, there's been toxic behaviour and it's been called out, but people have walked away. Like there is um, another famous character called, character, real life person <laughs> who was on the show called um, Tracy Jewell. And she is very happy now in her own life and um, is on on the way with her second kid and everything. But in her season, she was berated a lot for her looks because she'd had a lot of plastic surgery but mm-hmm. her husband didn't like it. You know what? I don't want my looks to be my best quality because I've got so many better qualities. I know, it's not an insult. You've got a lot of good qualities. I don't want my looks to be my best okay. quality. Holy shit. I'm saying you're not good looking. You're very good looking. I don't care. You have a lot of good qualities. It's not the point. Yeah, she was the feminist we didn't even know we needed. Like, she was unbelievable. Um, with that first sort of cheating incident plus with her standing up for herself and um, interestingly in her season she stayed with Dean the whole way. So it was kind of quite different to the depiction that we will talk about Bryce and Melissa more um, Mm -hmm. where Melissa's very submissive and quiet and got the blinkers on Um, whereas Tracy Jewell was very, very empowered and really stood up for herself and um, kind of like earned Australia's respect. Like I feel like a lot of us when she first entered the the show, you know, I think everybody judged her mm-hmm. a little bit. She had had a lot of plastic surgery um, and, you know, she didn't kind of like, you know, she wasn't, her personality wasn't really explained to us much either. And I think people judged her, including her husband that she was matched with. And um, mm. he was just an absolute stereotypical douchebag, like horrible, misogynist, rude, all those kinds of things. And then when they were in their commitment ceremony and she was shown some of the things that he'd said about her behind her back and things, like it was awful. And she stood up for herself so extraordinarily. That's like mixed signals big time. All that stuff's real. No, like obvious, obviously it's not right, real, Dan. You can't sit there and tell obviously me. Obviously it's not real because you can't act like that. Okay, well. Like, it makes you look like know. an asshole. All right, well, if that's the way you want to look at it, that's fine, like, but... You, you know, like, hit it and quit it, right? Oh, okay. That's, yeah, there's a lot more to it than that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've obviously read that completely wrong, but... I know that's myself. That's pretty weak. I'm shocked. I see that as a really weak thing to do. I was so impressed. I was just like, oh, my God. And, like, everyone's like, shit, like, kind of all just got owned by Tracy Jewell. Like, she was just, I don't know, she really stood up for herself, stood her ground, and she's like, but it's my relationship and I'll make my own decisions, thank you. And Mm. kind of like they did work through their relationship. She's like, well, I'm not letting it go. This is an issue for us and we're going to be addressing it. But she's like, but it's my relationship and everyone needs to back the hell off. And it was kind just, of like, mm. whoa. But it was, they they lasted till the end, but then she walked away. She didn't she didn't stay with him at final vows. She was like, you don't deserve me. So I was leaving. Mm. Standing before you is a woman who has understood you and your BS. Stuck with you through all your mistakes. I 
feel like you have met your match in me. This experiment has reminded me that when I love a person, I must not forget to take care of myself too, that I trust too easily. This experiment has shaken me awake and helped me see what I'm worth. And unfortunately, Dean, don't deserve me so yes let's get into the details of people we've talked big now let's get into like specific yeah, things that the happened. nitty-gritty um <laughs> the nitty-gritty we'll take you along with the ride we won't talk about the boring couples but let's talk about like you know it was a fun show to watch as much as I say I don't yeah. really want to ever watch it again I totally enjoyed it I was completely obsessed with it it is it is well produced. Um, you do get obsessed. Like it is something that just it draws you in and you just want to know. Like I've never heard of a show being so addictive that someone just walks in and they're like, oh, I don't want to watch this crap and then like watches it every night. Yeah. You know, yeah, like they're clever. Yeah. So I think the couple I was immediately drawn to and like still love is Booker and Brett. Same. They're the hipsters. Yeah. The hipster couple where you're like, what are you guys doing on this show? Like, surely you're too cool for this show. 100%. Um, I was like, Bryce, I'm sorry, not Bryce, <laughs> faux pas. Um, Brett, you know, I could just see him walking down Thornbury, you know, on High Street, totally. just sipping a latte and he's charismatic and funny and, you know, cynical and smart and, you know, Booker is a sexy musician lead singer yeah like, that's what? pretty much a correct description she's beautiful <laughs> she's and so gorgeous in a metal band and she's really cool and so articulate um, and feminist like yeah awesome unbelievable feminist. and they started out as like definitely like the couple that just was reacting normally to stuff and they would just be like oh my god this is so awkward or like you'll notice that know. they got no airtime at the beginning <laughs> True that. I was like, where's Booker and Brett? They're my favourite. I want to see the hipsters. Like that was what I was thinking. And they like never cut to them at all. And their commitment ceremonies was like, okay, now let's go to the decision. (laughs) It was just like no conversation. (laughs) Until, spoiler alert, obviously spoilers, um, shit did hit the fan for this couple when they – another thing you didn't mention about maths as a concept – is they're like, oh, we're going to fast track your relationship because, you know, on the outside it might take you a few months, but we're going to try to do things quicker. But they do these things that would just literally never happen on the outside. They put them in these, like, do these terrible tasks. Honesty box, rate the other contestants, write a very aggressive feedback letter to someone. So that was weird. I forgot to mention that. super weird <laughs> and it's not fast-tracking any relationship because if you did that in any normal relationship, they'd be like, how rude. Like that's just not a thing that happens. It's not like it happens eventually. It just doesn't happen. So the particular situation that happened with our favourite hipsters, Booker and Brett, was that um, Brett is close mates with a few of the guys and they had this sort of, you know, bromance that was also erring on a little bit of like homophobic and Booker wasn't impressed because yeah. she's PC and feminist. She was like, this is a weird in joke. Yeah. But they had also, to I thought write... he was. So I was like, oh, what? Brett, don't disappoint me. Yeah, it was a bit disappointing. Mm. Um, but then his best friend wrote a letter to Booker saying that she only thinks about herself, thinks the world revolves around her, thinks her band is amazing. 
um, and tells everyone how high her IQ is. I'm literally not even paraphrasing. Like I'm literally telling you what the letter word said, word. like word yep. for word. Um, it, it was, was unbelievably so offensive. Yeah. It was like so rude. <laughs> and she read it and she's like, I don't really know your friend. So anything he knows about me is based on what you've said about me. And also his friend being the other contestant. FYI. His friend's another mm. contestant who we'll get to in a bit called Patrick. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, in Brett's defense, after this all went down, Brett was like, look, I think how that letter was worded is horrible. Like, I felt so shocked reading that too. Like, I'm so sorry it's worded like that. But I, I do feel that way sometimes. Like, I do feel, like, a bit neglected. And she really didn't acknowledge that at all. Um, yeah. Because she was so hurt by it. Yeah. So it was interesting. I thought that was like one of the most realistic relationship reactions that we've ever seen depicted. I just thought Mm. it was so interesting because she was like, I I got where they were both coming from too. Like Patrick's letter was super offensive, but Brett's like, hang on, I didn't write that. And she's like, but you're not acknowledging the fact that he's got all of his opinions from you. So Mm. why does he think this little of me? Is that what you think of me? And he's like, well, what I've been telling him is that I have felt neglected and I do think the wording was incredibly rude. Like I've never said those things to him. But what I've said is that I... That's not my words, yeah. They're not my words, but I have expressed that I feel neglected. I feel like we kind of focus on you a bit in the relationship and... um, you know, so the task that Patrick then suggested was to have a dinner and to to just focus on Brett, to talk yeah. about Brett. And so what she did, what Booker did. Oh, my God. It was iconic. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Would you like to describe what she did? So she basically flipped and went to be the character in the movie in the Stepford Wives with crazy eyes. Like she literally dressed like a 50s housewife and she's like, they want to make a night all about Brett. I'll give them a night all about Brett. Yep. And like horror music played in the background. Oh. Hello. Welcome to Palace Brett. Um, at Hotel de la Brett, uh, we have wonderful fishing facilities. Obviously, here we have Brett, Brett, and Brett. This was the most beautiful wedding day. Brett and Brett, you know. Um, Married myself. (laughs) And she printed out hundreds of photos of his face and she stuck them everywhere in all these, like, hilarious ways. Like, she had a little fishing pool with fish called, you know, catch a Brett at the, like, Brett fishing. And instead of, like, the wedding photo being her and Brett, it was just, like, Brett and Brett. Brett was everywhere. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) And my favourite part of it is because she's a musician, he was kind of like, uh, is this all you've got planned for tonight? Like he kind of, it didn't go well down, down well with him. He was like, are we going out for dinner or something? And she's like, actually, now that you mention it, there is something I want to show you. The new song called Brett by Brett and the Bretts. And she goes <laughs> over to like her synthesizer and starts playing this song she's fully Brett, produced. Brett, Brett, with. Brett, Brett, We're going to play it for you. Brett, 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 Brett,
Holy shit. Amazing. It was so iconic. Like, so, and she's got a whole album now on Spotify. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. she's got a whole album on Spotify all about maths. So she has multiple albums on Spotify. She's a musician, but she's literally written a whole album about maths. So have you listened to it? No, I just saw it. I've been too busy to listen, but oh my God, I can't It's so good. It's actually a really good. Like she's a good musician. So she has another song about Patrick, which is like, thanks Patrick for, you know, showing me how my husband really thinks about me. You know, you open my eyes and stuff. And then she has this like actually cute song that she wrote before they met, which is like, we're going to say I I do on our first date. And she has another song um, about gaslighting called Lighting Up the Gas. And the whole album is like so cool. So I kind of feel like that's why she went on maths to freaking love her. I freaking love her. I really love her too. And honestly, I love her too. But I did feel at one point that she did go a little bit far. Um, So she never acknowledged that Brett felt that way. I agree. She was saying, and Brett was saying, I'm really upset because I didn't write that letter. I understand that Patrick has gone too far, but they're not my words, Booker. And you know, fair enough that you're upset about that. But the we do need to talk about the fact that I'm feeling ignored and not acknowledged in the yeah. relationship. And she just wouldn't. And you made a joke like, of it instead yeah. of actually, you know, yeah. discussing the issue. And then she was just like, but I'm still distrustful of you. I can't trust you. Then Brett was like, right, I don't want to leave this relationship yet. I feel like she's just really hurt and offended. She wrote leave, she he wrote stay, and they actually made amends eventually. But then they made up, had sex, and decided to break up as mates. So yeah. that was weird. I think Booker <laughs> was always going to break up with him, but they just wanted to break up amicably with one last It's sad. I think she really liked him. Break up him. sex. I think she really liked no, him. I, I think, think she was so. and walked away. Yeah, no, I think, she, I think so. I think um, that from what I've heard, apparently, like, he had a lot of – problematic opinions which the only one that was really shown was like the homophobia and stuff um yeah yeah. I mean they didn't agree on some value stuff and I think that that would have been really disappointing for Booker because I think that they did have a lot of great chemistry and they worked in a lot of ways and so their values did the whole intense thing He's like, she's too intense. She just wants to talk about serious stuff. It's like, Brett, you want to be a psychologist, so if you can't even have a serious conversation. Oh, my God. You might need to Such rethink that. Such a good point, path. Grace. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Like, He's yeah. like, just have He's fun. Like, oh. I mean, I hated so how serious. he told her to lighten up. Like, that was a red flag all, for me. He said that all the time, exactly. But I did not make the connection, of course. Yeah, he wants to be a psychologist. If you want to talk about serious stuff all the time, if you don't like talking about serious stuff all the time and you want to, like, lighten up, then don't be a psychologist He'll because be you're literally balls deep in conversations. And He'd then be wh- like, let's just have fun this session. Yeah, let's just like um, play Monopoly today. Yeah. <laughs> I think you really need to lighten up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, That's no, what you get when them. you cross a hipster um, with like a tradie and a psychologist. It's like, I can't work you out, Brett. I don't know like, I don't know where you fit in which is fine like he doesn't have to be in a box like we don't have to put him in a box but it's Mm. kind of strange he's kind of got these like hipster left-wing vibes but then he's kind of got some homophobic stuff going on but then he's kind of got the blokey bloke tradie thing going on as well like he's kind of got um he's got kind of a foot in every world I feel which is great totally totally which is fantastic if he had a better balance perhaps yeah maybe he's just learnt a thing or two (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, like, Booker and Brett, all that being said, they definitely were in, like, the top cohort of, like, (laughs) nice people on the show. I think the only other nice couple that immediately springs to mind for me is Belinda and Patrick. I love them. They're adorable. I love them. Look, they're not the only other nice people. Carrie and Johnny and um, Uh, Georgia and Liam are beautiful too. I don't count them. They're the ringins. They're the intruders. They're the intruders. And look, of course, they're going to be in love after three weeks. But spoiler alert, they're still together. So they're doing really well. That's Carrie. Okay, they all seem fine. But yeah, whatever. (laughs) But Belinda and Patrick were on our screen since the beginning, and we're you know we're discussing them. They're our priority. Um, so Belinda's never had a relationship before. She's yep. 29. Mm-hmm. And Patrick is just like kind of adorable, awkward weirdo that says, holy moly, guacamole, yeah. chicken schnitzel Tries balls. to speak Spanish to the yeah. sexologist. <laughs> <laughs> he Elefanda. kind of annoyed me with the holy moly, guacamole all the time. I'm like, this is like an act. But then I'm like, no, you just like this, I think. Yeah, I think I can totally see. And I loved Belinda's reaction because someone was like, oh, I think he said holy moly guacamole. And she's like, what? He said holy moly guacamole. Who says that? Like she just had the most appropriate dorky reaction. And I was like. Yeah, but supportive and sweet Supportive and sweet because she was like, he's so funny. He's like the funniest person I've ever met. (laughs) Like she just loves him. And um, they literally were just so cute and dorky the whole freaking experiment. And they, you know, built their relationship and they finally, you know, slept together by the end, like very, very at the end. And they took their time and opened up to each other. They were both really respectful the whole way through. It was beautiful. It was totally beautiful. A couple that's not beautiful, um, Beck and Jake. Beck and Jake. Jake's beautiful. Jake is the CEO of a mental health charity and is like a beautiful man. And he's paired with this woman, Beck, who's like, oh, he just doesn't want to get to know me. And he's just so shallow and he only cares about what I look like. And then you cut to him and he's like, she's beautiful, but I find her personality very rude. And you cut back to her and she's like, he doesn't care if I've got the worst personality ever. He just treats me like a piece of meat and he's so boring. Yeah. And he has no banter. (laughs) She's, she's horrible. So she's, she's horrible. So horrible to him. And then she's like, "Oh, because I called you boring." And then he's like, "Yeah, like I find that rude." <laughs> and that's offensive. He's like really handsome and a mental health charity CEO. So also AFL inside player. and out. Ex AFL player. Like, sorry, but excuse me. Like, he's pretty. I don't amazing. know why they paired him with her though. Again, yeah. like, I just. I I find it so hard to reconcile so many of my opinions with what I've heard like about real life but I'm I'll talk about that more in recommendations about the oh, current updates. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hold that thought. Yeah, I'll hold that thought. So, um What but- about Coco? <laughs> Coco. I we can't introduce Coco without playing her most iconic line of the whole series. And excited for him to see me in my outfit. It is a skin-tight, see-through, cheeks popping, titties dropping, head-to-toe black rhinestone bodysuit. Coco's back, baby, and she's shining. Yeah, Coco's iconic. She's a queen. She is. She is. I didn't even hate 
the cheating scandal. <laughs> like I even thought she I was agree. fairly respectful about the cheating scandal. And um, yeah, so wind back for those who don't know what went down in the oh, cheating sorry. scandal. Okay, so there's a lovely woman who is a single mum of two boys who had been cheated on her, cheated on by her partner for like over five years. Like he'd been cheating on her for over mm. five years. She is a turned how real estate flipper and she like wears a freaking tool belt and she's sick and awesome and she then she's cool. she's cool as and then she gets paired with this guy called cam who seems nice he's a crane operator and her parents are crane operators and it like actually it's all does really, seem really nice it seems he seems really nice um and then there's another couple called Coco who is loud and proud, a Pilates instructor who has a lot of really shocking one-liners, but she's hot as shit um, and she's like toned and she's cool. and um, She says stuff like, call me Casper because I'm ghosting away, ladies. Yeah, or like- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Other corny stuff along those lines. She's paired with quite literally Eminem and a poorer version of Eminem <laughs> and um, – He's wearing like ankle freezer tuxedo pants. It's very strange. And she's he's a fashion designer. He's That's a why. fashion designer and he's dressed terribly. Anyway, he is like super rude. He's like, she's very loud and like annoying and stuff. And, he, and she is so open and like, <laughs> he seems really funky and like I like his shoes and he seems really mm. cool. And she's like, loud and everything and then he's kind of taken aback by her and then she sits him down at the wedding eventually and she's like look I can be really loud but I'm louder when I'm nervous you know I'm even like more me when I'm nervous because that's just how I react and stuff I try to make people laugh and super beautiful to him super lovely super open and he was nothing but a shithead to her and he was horrible and confusingly his name Eminem which I'm going to be referring to him as because it's too confusing for our listeners. Yeah, easier. Is also Sam. So. The good thing was that Coco immediately was just like, okay, well, if you're really rude, they kind of just went friend zone pretty quick. Like, I don't they feel like did, she did. But then by he him. was so rude to her. He was like, the issue for me is that, like, I need a girl with no boobs. big boobs. <laughs> yeah. And she's like the other iconic line from Coco. Oh, so just like the, the fact, fact I have got a body, body like, like a, a hot, hot dog, dog matter. Matter. <laughs> <laughs> Another classic Coco line that I will never forget. And um, she's like, I literally look like a hot dog with bolt-ons. Like she just owns herself, owns her body. And she's, you know, then we learn that she's, you know, complicated and she's had a um, previous marriage and she um, was never complimented in that relationship and she's always felt less than and she's so gorgeous. I can't even... You know, she's just... Actually, this is a really sad moment. They play back her audition tape and that's when she's saying that. Yeah, it was very sad. What I hope for when I go on this show is just, you know, I've been through a lot, so I want to meet a man that will compliment me. And she's sitting next to, like, her current shithead boyfriend that's so rude to her. And she actually started crying watching it. And she's like, wow, that was so heartbreaking to watch myself back. And Yeah, yeah. it was But she knows her worth. I mean, she was like... She's yeah. doing fine now, but, like, they have this horrible challenge, you know, that we haven't talked about where they have to rate the other couples. Confessions Week is a brand-new addition to the experiment designed to fast-track the getting-to-know-each-other phase. Inside this envelope are photos of all the other brides and grooms. <laughs> and you'll have to place them in order of who you find yourself most attracted to right now. And, like, some stupid husbands put them second and fourth and Sam puts Coco yeah. fourth below like every other girl 
Oh, I didn't even get to the cheating scandal. <laughs> um, essentially, she likes Sam's husband called Cam. They aren't getting along. She's not getting along with her Sam, husband. Sam and a Cam and a Coco. A Sam, Sam, a Cam and a Coco. Like, as if you can't keep up. Um, <laughs> the thing with Sam and Cam not getting along was I'm actually on Cam's side for this. So Cam and Sam are fake married and they were like having a good time and they slept together. And then a few days later, they were having some sort of conversation where he said, like, my emotional feelings will take some time to develop. And she was like, that means we had a one night stand. Like we had a one night stand. She says it again a hundred times. And it's like, well, you're married. So it's not a one night stand because you're still. I know. She's like, who sleeps with someone without an emotional connection? That's her baggage. You know, that's her baggage. She is hurt as shit. You know, he doesn't know all of this yet. And I think, yeah, like they could have gotten past that. But one night stand is not the right term for that anyway. No, but I think that she's, she's projecting, you know, she's hurt from her baggage and her previous relationships. Like that's not what he was saying. I agree with you there. So we have two unhappy couples. Yeah. Anyway, then she's like, look. Coco says to Sam, look, it seems as though I've got a connection. You know, a lot of people are saying that we're quite suited. And she's like, go Who's for it. Who's saying it? She said, she told it to everyone. And then she said, everyone's saying this. No, you said it to everyone. hundred percent. Like, and the producers. Yeah. yeah. Her and the producers <laughs> yeah. told everybody. Yeah. Um, but she's really shook by that. She's kind of taken aback. And she's, although she's kind of like, you've got my blessing. Um, she, she didn't have her blessing. You know, she was. She was upset. She was hurt. She felt rejected. Mm. And Sam is super cool. Like, you know, Sam for, you know, prime minister. Like, I think she'd do a great job. <laughs> mm. Back to the cheating scandal quickly, though. Um, I think cheating scandals on maths totally make sense because so imagine that like you went on a you wanted to like find a husband mm-hmm. and you go on this show and, you know, you're all like the energy is pent up, you're excited. And then they match you with a dud who you wouldn't have chosen. Yeah. And at the next apartment, <coughs> hotel room over, <laughs> is someone that you actually have a connection with that you're actually attracted to who's also unhappily matched. It makes total sense that you'd be like, well, we both came here looking for the same thing. And Makes like, absolute sense. I totally agree yeah. with you. Makes absolute yeah. sense. <laughs> completely completely so yeah look I mean and and they who knows if they're actually there for the right the right reasons you know we've talked about this in ethics before you know uh, we do have an episode on ethics which which we'll put in the show notes but you know how we talk about people who Mm. come on here only want to do it to get their media following and people look at that with kind of such oh sigh you know and I'm like and like they're going on a stupid TV show with a stupid premise um, to make themselves potentially look like shit. Like obviously they've got to have some sort of promotional reason for going on. And if they yeah. happen, and if they happen to meet somebody, if you put enough hot people in a room who are poten- who are single of roughly the same age with somewhat of the same values, sometimes it's going to work. You know, like that's just who I think the successful couples are. You know, yeah, people who've gone on yeah. for the right, despite the, the odds, whatever despite reason, all the terrible things the experts made them do. Yeah, because they were drunk and signed up, or because their friends signed them up, or because they want to, you know, encourage their band like Booker or you know, like Martha, get a media following, get a TV career, become the next Kim K. Like all power to them, and you know, sometimes it works out. But that's why mm-hmm. they go on. So you know, 
we're not under any illusions that it's that it's a joke. However, sometimes people go on who seem very, very beautiful, real, vulnerable people like Melissa. Melissa is amazing. I love Melissa so much. I think the whole nation just like wants to protect Melissa <sighs> and save her from Bryce, basically. Yeah. So to recap for those who haven't watched the show and have made it this far into the podcast, and thank you, um, <laughs> into the maths extravaganza. So the relationship is strange. Bryce is a radio presenter, no longer a former radio presenter. Um, Has he been fired? Yeah, yeah, like he lost his job before the show even aired. I think he knew how much of a dickhead he'd look like. Um, and oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, gone from his job. Um, they say he left. Who knows if that's true? Um, <laughs> okay, so an ex-radio presenter ex-radio and Melissa is a workplace trainer, which is a very vague job Very title, vague job title. That's fine. Unsure what it means. but um, Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, but she's had one relationship before. Yeah. Um, a long relationship-ish at the time, but she was then cheated on. She's been single for like 12 years, hasn't she? She's been single for 12 years because she was so hurt by that breakup. And then she, um, as it was revealed a bit later on, she did on and off see that guy again multiple times. And it turns out he was married, um, but she didn't know that allegedly and um, continued that Mm. relationship, which is neither here nor there. But she has a lot of baggage. She's got a lot of... um, pent up frustration about the fact that she's single like she just thinks she's got a real complex about it Mm. like she's just really clearly quite a vulnerable person and um she wants love she really wants love and she really feels like she just she doesn't go out there she doesn't socialize she's so shy and it's true like even on a show like this she's very it takes very long time for her to start to say stuff but, but when she does say stuff, she's so articulate and she's actually so brave and resilient and has such, I don't know, I think she actually does address things really directly that, you know, she doesn't change the subject and stuff. She's forced think, to. She's forced to. Yeah. You know, she has, she she avoids confrontation a lot. Um, so I suppose the problem with Bryce is just numerous problems with Bryce like the fact that he potentially has a secret girlfriend which is true um the fact that Mm -hmm. he um you know has gaslit her he put her forth you know he says that I'm not you're not usually someone I'd be attracted to but like you know I enjoy your company and stuff and so when they did the attraction scale he put her forth Mm. and just to like why would you do that, you idiot? Put her first, yeah. you know? Like, Put her first and just like, lie. Oh, because you don't have his mum said eyes. to him. It's like she's got fucking yeah. green eyes. Like whatever, that's clearly not the issue. And But again, that's an excuse. It's an excuse. So it makes her feel confused and like, oh, if only I had blue eyes. It's like, no, that's just an excuse. He's he told to put he, you down. He put... Beck, who we've talked about, problematic Beck, who's just like really mean to Jake at the top of the scale and told her apparently in the gym that he put her first and that also he was sending a gift to his secret girlfriend on the outside. And then pretty much he's just a dick. You know, people confront him about stuff. What was funny about the gym thing was one week they're like, yeah, he was making conversation with Beck in the gym and told her he put her first on the hot scale. They're all like, wow. And then a week later they're like, and when he said that, he was flirting with her. And Melissa is like shocked and hurt all over again. And it's like, 
obviously. What? That's obviously the point of saying someone's number one on your hot list is that you're flirting with them. How is this a new revelation? How is that a new revelation? Like the obvious subtext. I think people really had to spell it out for Melissa because she really does have the love blinkers on and she really wants a relationship so desperately and, and it is very hard to watch and I think a lot of people, this resonates with a lot of people and people are kind of like, you know, not only did this happen, but then Bryce was um, very reactive to certain situations. He was really rude. He threw a glass of water on another guy, the Sam guy. Um, he, he forced a kiss on a woman's cheek who wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah, and like in a patronizing, like getting up in her grill kind of way, like really gross way. Gross yeah. way. And every time, you know, people say to Melissa, come on, Melissa, like how can you be – defending this guy or whatever and she's like I believe Bryce we have a nice relationship you guys don't see us you don't know you don't know the truth and it's just so hard because he totally does just love bomb her he just exactly every time she challenges him every time she says to him I don't trust you I think this happened he says I'm falling in love with you Melissa how confident are you in this relationship lasting I have very little confidence. Bryce, you wrote, leave, cross that out and put stay. Yeah. You're saying, I just haven't quite felt the click. <clears throat> we want to know where you're at with that. Felt that click on the weekend. I feel like I was able to be myself around her outside of the group. I'm basically at a point where I am falling in love with Melissa. When you feel this way towards someone, there's something that keeps you in the experiment. And that's why there's a big love heart next to the word stay. And then her face lights up and she's so happy. And that's what I was alluding to earlier when I was saying that, you know, this show does explain and give a national conversation around these relationship behaviours. And I think people from watching MAFs do now have more understanding of concepts like love bombing, gaslighting. I think... What's really interesting, and it does circle back a little bit to Tracy Jewell um, acting differently Mm -hmm. in a somewhat of a similar situation, standing up for herself. Like the whole country didn't feel the need to defend her because she was so articulate in defending herself and standing up for herself and other people and people really rallied for her. And a lot of people are sort of saying about Melissa, like, come on, at some point you need to help yourself. And I feel like that's an interesting thing for people to be thinking because I think we've probably all thought it. It's like, come on, Melissa, can you not see what we see? But she can't. Mm. She can't because she's in that relationship. She's in it. She's got the blinkers on and she's being gaslit. She's watching it on TV. She's being gaslit by her partner. However, she's being told by everybody the truth and she doesn't want to see it. I've had a brainwave while listening to that though. And it is that. You mentioned that in previous seasons, like that example you just discussed, they would actually literally show people the footage, whereas in this season they don't. And there's a lot of rumours and there's a lot of, I heard this, I heard that, this person said this, and therefore people don't know what to believe or who to trust. And it actually works in the favour of the gaslighters because it is way more confusing because they actually don't provide that true evidence so it's kind of like yeah makes it much more confusing and dramatic so why don't they have any footage of all of these big revelations that just happen to be conversations 
Great question, Grace. Thank you for that question. So, okay. There, the recaps that I have um, recommended on this pod before by Jesse and Claire Stevens, they make a reoccurring joke about your only job is to film people. Why do we not get to see the footage of everybody? Yeah. Where's all the goss? Like, if this and person said this, and then why are you this, filming this random stuff? That's this like random even, stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there've been some rumors about Channel Nine's budget. <laughs> and Channel 9 has made a lot of cuts during COVID. Um, but MAFS is its biggest income source in the entire network for the entire totally. year, every year for the last eight years. It's its biggest um, cash cow. income stream. Yeah, it's its biggest cash cow. And that's why it went from literally it only used to go for like four weeks, Grace, and now it goes for like three months. Um, yeah. Literally, and it used to be on once a week for like four weeks or twice a week, and now it's on like four nights a week, then three nights a week, then two nights a week, and they just string it and out for as long, long as possible. Episodes, long, to long, cram long, as many episodes. ads in as possible. Yeah, and now there's like you know ten couples, whereas they used to only like season one there was only four couples and stuff. So it's it's okay. definitely gotten bigger and bigger and bigger every year. But yet they they yeah, look. COVID was hard for a lot of people. COVID's interesting because I want. Like there are times in a reality TV show which people who aren't, you know, who might have watched a reality show every now and then but don't watch so much of it that they know so, as much as I do about the process. And mm-hmm. um, there are times – so there are contracts that people have in the shows and there are times when they're filmed and times where they're not filmed and they do get time when they're not filmed and there's also times because you also think, oh, but this person went out with that guy. That person went out on the town with the other guy. And it's like, well, where was the cameras? And it's mm. like the cameras were off duty. They weren't there. And so there there are times like, for instance, when they're doing their morning routines, if they're at the gym or the hairdresser or if they're doing whatever, the contestants all kind of mingle in the hotel. But there's not camera. Like you've got to think, how many couples are there? Eight, ten couples? They've got yeah, to have a camera crew. Have cameras on them all the They've time. got to have yeah. a camera crew for literally every couple, and they usually just stick with the most dramatic couples at that time. Yeah, exactly. And at that time, you know, Bryce going to the gym and Beck going to the gym was like not a big deal. And it's like, oh, they had an interesting conversation there. And then there was like another night where the boys went out on the town and had this conversation or something, mm-hmm. or the boys were at the house and then they went to the toilet. And it's like, where are the cameras? They're not on 24-7. I also personally think because of COVID, they couldn't have as many staff on as they wanted because of the small proximity in the space. And I reckon that that they all had to pretty much like, I don't know, I reckon they would have had to shuffle the cameras and coordinate things pretty darn well in order to get the amount of footage that they got at all. Mm. So I think... It was just a matter of they don't have eyes on everyone at every single time and it's just unfortunate that they didn't get it this time. But luckily for Channel 9, everyone on this season has a big mouth and they revealed <laughs> everything that happened anyway. So it didn't even didn't even matter. They didn't need to show yeah. everyone the footage because it wasn't as groundbreaking because everyone already had the goss, whereas previously it was like, there was something said, maybe it was said, I'm not sure. And then like, then they would just show it and it was like, we need to clear this up. (laughs) 
Yeah, but the way it's gone down this season means that when somebody reveals the secret, they're betraying the person they heard the secret from and it's causing even more destruction, even better for the ratings. It's just completely blowing up everyone's relationships. So I also feel like it's been a win-win for Channel 9. 100%. Oh, yeah. 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 I think that there's been a lot of criticism. So this is an interesting point I'd like to raise because you said before, like they're taking advantage of people. So there has been numerous opportunities for Melissa to speak up, to have an opportunity to leave, to do all these things, to be getting all the truths and to like get all the information and she still chooses not to believe it. So I think although they paired them together, I don't think anyone quite expected this. I don't think they expected Bryce to be a dick because he's a radio presenter. He's got a personality. We kind of already know what he was like. They know what he was like. And he seemed quite like a fun whatever guy. You know, he didn't seem like a misogynistic prick or anything. You know, he didn't come across like that. I think it was a bit of a random happenstance that this occurred. I don't know. I think that they took advantage of the situation, of course, and they made for good television. But I do also think that, you know, the difference is how we view Melissa in this submissive role of, no, I'm staying with my relationship. Stop attacking me. I'm the one in the relationship. It's my decision. Um, And she doesn't want to see stuff. She doesn't want to see the real things. And a lot of people have said, you know, in, in regards to abusive relationships and everything, you know, everyone kind of says, you know, you can be there and support people for if they ever do want to leave, you're there for them. But you can't like Mm. directly tell people to leave because you're also then in some ways disempowering them to make their own decisions. Totally. totally. And then they can be more isolated. And that's what happened to her. You know, she happened on that show, you know, so many people were like, Melissa, 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 your boyfriend's a dick. You know, you're amazing and your boyfriend's awful. Da-da-da-da-da. And she's like – I'm in this relationship and she felt like she could probably never talk to anyone because otherwise there was just more negativity and drama surrounding her in the relationship, which she didn't mm. want. And she said multiple times she didn't want, but I do think this mm. is real. I do think this is real. And I don't actually blame the producers for this. I don't think that necessarily it's all their fault because he's kind of a dick and he's a gaslighter and everything, but he's also like, there have been other shows and instances of like, physical abuse and like all all kinds of Mm. like really horrible things. And this is a relationship dynamic that we see in daily life all the time. You know, this is, this is a circumstance that would happen to lots of people and lots of people who are probably even listening have been in relationships like this, like, and Mm. don't leave and don't want to leave and aren't ready to leave if they are ever going to. And so it's really Mm. interesting because Melissa hasn't left him. It's the end of the show. She hasn't left him. She's still with him. And he had a secret girlfriend. He did flirt with mm-hmm. Beck. He did put her forth. He, do, he does love bomb her. He does gaslight her. She's still with him. And I think... She if, needs to leave in her own time on her own terms. Yeah, but she might never do that. Because as she said, she's got so many issues with, you know, um, feeling like she's going to be alone. She wants to have kids and she wants to do all these things. Like, she may never leave him. And if she I think doesn't, watching, like, watching this show on TV and reading the articles about it is definitely going to be a pretty hard experience that their relationship's not going to survive. Well, I don't know. It's lasted this long. She seems to still stand by the guy as much as we think that she shouldn't. And I think it's interesting because I think, you know, a lot of people are blaming the producers and Channel 10 and everything. And I'm like, 
but these are real life relationships where people don't like them and that people do the wrong thing and people stay and that's their choice to stay. And, um, I think it's a really yes. hard thing for friends of people who are in these kinds of relationships to reconcile with and the people of Australia watching a TV show, watching literally someone in such a public forum not leave someone who is being filmed doing horrible things and being nasty. I think it's just it's it's so fascinating um, but also a really important conversation to have and I think that it's a good lesson for people to learn that like attacking the person and you know forcing that person to leave someone isn't necessarily the best thing to do it's definitely not the best thing to do and at this point we should give the number for 1-800 respect we haven't had that for a while if you want to have a confidential counseling session with a specialist family violence service um I think look I have a lot of thoughts about this as well and I think I agree like From what I can see, I don't think people are criticizing Melissa. I think people understand how hard it is to be in her position and how confusing it is. Like most people have dated a fuckboy and can empathize with just how confusing it is and how long it takes you to realize it's actually bad and there's probably a reason all your friends don't like him and it is going to take. A lot of my friends are supportive, like yourself and articles that I read in sort of the feminist space really supportive of Melissa and like how dare Bryce and most people are criticizing Bryce but there is Mm. there is a lot of criticism of Melissa out there it's out there and there is a lot of it so it's it's a very prevalent opinion I think it's it's quite it's such a as, as as unfortunate as the circumstance is for Melissa because I don't think it's great I think it's a really important conversation for Australia to be having right now yeah I also want to go back to the point about you saying people are saying it's Channel 9's fault and the producer's fault and you're not agreeing. So I uh more on the side of it is their fault. And I remember I kind of started maths a bit late, so I'd already seen a little bit of Instagram, the fact that Bryce was the devil. Like I didn't know the details, but Bryce was pretty much like bad news from the start. I knew that much. So I was like paying attention to the first episode where they introduced Bryce and Melissa And the way they set them up, again, they are not going for compatibility. They are going for TV. So the way they introduce them both, first they're like, Melissa, painfully shy, all the things we just outlined, confidence issues, abandonment issues. And then they introduce Bryce, who's like, oh, I'm a radio star. I like to have a bit of fun. And the the experts, quotation mark, are like, I feel like the confidence in Bryce is going to work really well with the shyness in Melissa because... She, he, she will rise to his level and it's like uh obviously not that's it was immediately set up to be such a one-sided domineering relationship like from the start before there was any red flags about his behavior and then the issue and the true. reason it was not a compatible relationship why would you say a confident and a shy person is like well because opposites be attract do the opposites do attract sometimes I think that sometimes you know there is someone who's the more confident person in a relationship and has a more shy partner like sometimes there just isn't room for two huge personalities yeah, but if that's your whole personality archetype if they had have paired Melissa with someone like Jake they wouldn't need to be about who's shy and who's not shy. Instead, that's become like the defining trait and that was the defining trait when they paired them. But the reason people are saying that actually Channel 9 has really failed their duty of care and there's a petition for this that thousands of people have signed is because of the fact that there are clear like behaviour 
red flags happening and they just keep leaving her in this situation and escalating the situation. And she will be traumatised for life. A lot of people are traumatised for life and have um, successful lawsuits against reality TV shows. We've talked about that yeah, before, absolutely. usually for like cyberbullying and stuff. But having said that, I think though, that it's I more lo- than I don't think Channel Nine are innocent in this. I definitely, I'm not calling Channel Nine innocent, so definitely not. But I do think it's interesting because I thought, oh, I wonder if I was a producer and like I didn't see this coming. Like, just say, you know, you're a shy guy, a nice radio presenter. Maybe the confidence will outweigh the shyness because sometimes two shy people just don't make any moves on each other, or they outshy each other sometimes and if I didn't see the red flags coming and then this whole situation had happened what would I do and I I don't know like do you just take them off the air because realistically they're continuing their relationship in private anyway I have a thing a thought okay so you said in previous seasons they will show them the footage when Bryce's secret girlfriend was confirmed, which actually was like, oh, my God, because Bryce's friends met Melissa and Melissa's like, hey, Bryce's friends, does Bryce have a secret girlfriend? They're all like, um, don't know, not sure, no comment. And then Melissa and Bryce left and the camera crews are all packing up and it looks like it's over and it looks like they've stopped recording. And then the friends don't think they're being recorded and they say, yeah, that's true. The gift he got for his girlfriend is true. So why don't the producers show Melissa that? Because they had a smoking gun. Which is? Samantha. Yeah, but that's just causing way more shit and not believable. Why would Melissa trust Samantha over Bryce? Um, she barely even she knows or likes Samantha and she loves Bryce. Because she knew Jason and then also the girl who she had directly asked didn't tell her because obviously a very awkward situation for a friend to be in. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, they should have showed it to her then. You're correct. They should have. But Melissa has turned a blind eye to almost every goddamn thing else. I don't even know if she would have believed it. But I don't know. This whole lying situation does make it more confusing for her. So What I think is worse Mm. than that because that is kind of drama, gossip, like – Rumours as well, you know, they caught a bit of this on film. They, I think as well, like, they probably found it in editing as well because, like, it looks like they're packing up and everything, but it's clearly very deliberate that they're keeping the cameras on them. So what I think is way more serious than that and another reason that the petition is going on is because of the Bryce actual incident where he harassed Beck was way worse. They shut down filming for a day, interviewed everybody. And apparently he was, like, even more harassing and worse and gross. And Mm. Melissa was literally in the room for that grace. You know, like, he's a prick. And um, so they shut down filming for a day. Then they they talked to everybody. They refused to take Bryce off the show. And this is where they're culpable because that was a (laughs) literal harassment. Um, Not just a gossip rumour and um, literal harassment. She was really upset by it and she was like, I want you to take Bryce off the show or I want to leave the show pretty much. That's allegedly what happened. And That's so interesting because they don't address any of this in the show itself. So you've all heard this from the podcasts and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, and the news and everything. And um, Beck said this in an interview. Yeah, Beck said this in an interview and – Basically, they throw that what she has said. So again, we don't know this for sure, but allegedly they um, threatened her with a bad edit 
and told her. <gasps> yep. Oh my god! And she, I mean, she already that's has huge. I mean, she's just kind of a bitch, and she has like not a great edit anyway. So. Yeah, but that's because she's a bitch. That's this just because she's point. a bitch. <laughs> that's that's my whole point. But I'm they like, could have made her worse. I'm like, they are you serious? Like, I don't think she can get worse. Like, she just is the worst. Like, threatening her with a bad edit. She's already got a, like, really, like, she's such a cow. That is so interesting. But I it's interesting. Heard any of that. But it's interesting that that conversation happened. Like, that is that is what I've heard. Yeah. And I will oh. detail this more in my recommendations. Well, maybe we need to wrap and get to our hills. I think we do. It's been definitely a maths travaganza, but like, you know, dear listeners, can you not see that a trash fire of a show can bring so much interesting conversation, really interesting ethical conversations about what's right and wrong, relationship conversations, identifying factors, being a friend to an abusive relationship friend that you might have, you know? All these kinds of things, cheating scandals, baggage, you know, just there's so much in this show. And yes, it is a trash fire to watch and it is fun to talk about and that is the most, the best part about it. But it does, like this is why it interests people because it brings all of these conversations and examples to the forefront where, you know, if I have a friend who I'm like, oh, they're in this situation, I can be like, do you remember that time where we were, you know, do you remember on maths that time when that person did that? Yeah, it's exactly like that. You know, it's kind of like these yeah. little ways that we can draw examples from in for real life. Exactly. I completely agree with that. And I think that, like, while it is a trashy show and funny stuff happened, um, yeah, definitely the serious conversations. There was a lot of treasury in this segment as well. But Absolutely. I don't know. I feel like I need, like, a cold shower yeah. and, like, to eat some vegetables <laughs> or something. We need to detox. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone do a stretch and then let's die on some hills. So the hill I'm willing to die on this week, it's not exactly a surprise. I like die on this hill uh, every week for the last three seasons, but the hill <laughs> is that Taylor Swift is a feminist icon. Um, you know, there's we've about talked Taylor about for a while. We haven't you talked haven't... about her for a while. No. So the she reason she's back in my mind and I'm back up on the hill is that you would remember from our Tay-Tay episode about the fact that because of a record deal she signed when she was 15, she didn't actually own her master's and then her old record company wanted to sell them for profit. They wouldn't let her buy them. They sold them to a man who bullied her. He then sold them onto someone else. She was like, great, I'll buy them off someone else. And they were like, sorry, our contract still says we have to give it to that man you hate. And she's like, this sucks. And so it's true. Why should some weird men profit off her life's work so she's re-recording all of her albums and her first album she's re-recording is fearless which has love story and you belong with me on it and it's coming out um friday the 9th of april so by the time you hear this it will have dropped oh my god and she's released like all these little songs from it um but the reason I have to bring it up is I have something to tell you, which is like a big life moment. Um, okay. So in our very first episode of this podcast ever, we were talking about like, what would be my life's dream? Do a TED talk. And then you were like, you could do a TED talk on Taylor Swift. On Taylor Swift. I, like, I literally could. Um, now, also, 
I've mentioned a bit on the pod, I mainly work from home. We're on Zoom a lot. We're trying to mix things up. So we've started doing this thing where people like, we have a meeting with about 30 people and it's like, we're doing this new thing where you just do a talk about whatever you want for five minutes. Like someone talked about their dog. Someone talked about gin. I was like, I'm going to talk about Taylor Swift for five minutes. It's going to be amazing. (gasps) I delivered this talk. My director was like, that was amazing. You need to give that presentation to the whole division. So I delivered a 15 minute presentation about Taylor Swift to over a hundred people this week. And literally it was amazing. Everyone loved it. And I talked about Kanye. I talked about Ginny and Georgia. I talked about Scooter Braun. I talked about her sexual assault trial. I talked about her Apple music thing. And everyone was like, this is amazing. Um, And I feel like I, you know, this is the closest I think I'll give to my TED talk and it happened and it was amazing. You gave a <laughs> TED talk to 100, 100 people in your division who actually like somewhat know who you are as well. Totally. Like, like executives, incredible. like other managers about Taylor Swift. And, and like nobody knows this about you until you get to know you. No. So I think it would have just been such a smack in the face for everyone to be like, whoa, she's everyone, got opinions. Like she and has also, got some opinions on Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> And we don't talk about stuff like that in such a big group. Like usually we talk about actual work (laughs) events. Um, That's incredible. Congratulations, babe. I'm so impressed. Oh, thank you. I can't believe you didn't tell me this. (laughs) Well, I had to save it for the mic. But it was similar to our maths conversation in that through talking about Taylor Swift, I was actually talking about consent and misogyny and all these issues in society, but just through a pop culture entry point. Wow. Oh, my God. Like... I'm so impressed. I'm just, I'm, I'm not even surprised, but like good on you for doing that because I feel like sometimes you can be shy to do something like that, you know, with work colleagues and everything. And I think, you know, the fact that you did it to a small group and someone was like, that was so incredibly moving. I think you actually need to like do that again to the entire division. And was anyone else to the whole division giving talks like or was it just you everyone else just talks about work updates so everyone was like what is happening and I actually got an email from a man I've never really talked to before and he's like I'll have to admit when you said you're about to do a talk about Taylor Swift on my first meeting back from the Easter long weekend I was like what has the world come to yeah I've been thinking about your talk all morning it was so thought-provoking and like you know really interesting so thank you and I was like oh thanks random man so yeah. Oh my God. I'm so proud of you. Well done. Oh, thank you. That is like <laughs> such a life achievement. You must it be really was. so it really happy. Was. Like you must have just like ended that day with just, that's just life complete. Like that's a bucket list. That's yeah. Incredible. It felt like things came full circle and I was right where I needed to be in that moment. You know, I honestly feel like maybe we could record that at some point visually. Totally. A little and bonus actually, up while we're on our break. Maybe. Just, well, not even record it audio but you know record you visually giving that speech like you know or something like that we could you know we could mix it up that could be we could mix it up I mean think about I think that. people will want it <laughs> people yeah, will want look, it <laughs> it's pretty good so, yeah, that's my hill look oh. it's a bit of a stretch for a hill because it's my hill every week but she's a that's hero. pretty she's awesome <laughs> I think I think your real hill is that you're pretty much a gangster at this point yeah, like that's, that's awesome my hill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks oh well my hill's so shit compared to that um my <laughs> hill is um literally that the podcast I recommended a couple of weeks back so the so dramatic podcast yes Megan Pacetto is the host of that podcast and she does yes. it on her own and I did make reference to the fact that she is the real life gossip girl 
but you did. She is. And mm-hmm. I'm calling it right now. She is the beacon like in all of the reality TV stuff. And she gets criticized heavily for being a gossip podcast, fake news, da 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 da. And sure, she has said stuff that isn't true before, but only because the information that she was given was false. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much she has a couple of sayings that she has on her pod and she says things like pics or it didn't happen. So mm, she keeps everybody. And, yeah. yeah. So she keeps everyone's sources anonymous. Like, so she has connections with contestants, producers. She just know, like she doesn't know them well enough, but people literally tell you know, contestants to block Megan from Mm -hmm. their socials and to not have anything to do with her because she will out you. Like she will find out somehow information about you if you've got her on your socials and even then she'll find it out anyway, even if, even if you've blocked her, you know, she'll probably figure it out anyway because people give her tip offs. So there are like literally real life, this is a real life gossip girl. So she has like so many followers now that people who see contestants out and about um, takes pictures of them or whatever and sends them to her. She doesn't publicize them unless they're already in a magazine. Um, Mm -hmm. She just wants proof for her, for herself. So that when she does her podcast, she can be like an anonymous source has done this. Um, And then some people are like, oh, this is all just, you know, all just hearsay. And she's like, um, she says things like, in the words of Kira Maguire, do they know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> and Kira Maguire is a Bachelor contestant for anyone playing at home. And um, a villain. A villain, yeah, a classic. Well, yeah, she's kind of a legend now. But um, so she just, she's got, she got the receipts. She's got the receipts. And like, I'm calling it. And so it, is she who you know all this math stuff from that you've been talking about throughout Definitely today. she's the source of everything. But she knows yep. everything first. So pretty much my hill is like most of what she says is pretty darn correct. Mm. I think that she gets criticized so heavily for being like fake news and everything, but she can back a lot of stuff up and she's the closest thing to a real life gossip girl that we have like in Australia. Like it's pretty unbelievable. Most um, I've, I used to hear articles refer to so dramatic podcast often um, as their source of information and you know Bryce has commented on the so dramatic podcast being like silly and stuff and um you know she has all these stupid sayings I mean you know she's she kind of can be a little bit she can ham it up and she does have a lot of gossip and it's so unfortunate because she ruins like your opinions on some people who you loved like she says you Mm. know she calls kind of Jake a bit of a snake and apparently his behavior was worse on the show she interviews Cam's ex-girlfriend so Cam the one who was involved in the cheating scandal Uh Coco he had an ex-girlfriend who was incredibly like um he was abusive towards her and like she has a full one hour interview on this podcast and Megan Pacetto as much as she is a gossip rag like that interview was incredibly moving and like Really, really interesting and eye-opening and really, really good. Um, she basically just says, you know, like she calls 
stuff and she just knows things way ahead of time. And she's like, thank you so much to like Jason for like confirming the fake girlfriend on today's episode of whatever. Yeah. She's like, I confirmed it weeks ago, but I'm glad Australia knows now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's true because I listened to that weeks ago. So I was not one bit surprised. Um, yeah. And the only thing is like, if you don't want spoilers, don't listen to that podcast. But she yeah. is a gangster. She's a gangster, unlike unlike and not my, not unlike yourself now, Grace. You're a bit of a gangster, um, but she also has like fantastic sayings, and I just need to bring this one to life because more people need to hear this. Yes, she says it. she has <laughs> she has a saying, um, like she she just says stuff like you know corny stuff all the time. She repeats herself. She can be like spill the tea, and you know this person's you know got more something than a something something you know but this one phrase she used was just the most hilarious thing I've ever heard she goes oh Bryce is more up and down than Alf Stewart on a dinghy in Yabby Creek (laughs) (laughs) home and away reference so I don't know she's just hilarious she's really funny and she actually got she's got the receipts and she's got some serious legal connections and she is literally like She's kind of got so much power because she can, yeah. she just holds all the cards for reality TV and like she spills everything and she will uncover it and people will tell her because she's got all the information. Producers hate her, so she's not on their side. You know what I mean? Mm, totally. Well, she's outing the fact that producers, you know, threatened mm. Beck and stuff. That's so interesting. 100%. And like uh, she just gets criticized so much. So. Listen to it, see for yourself, but there's some really amazing interviews on there with some contestants if you want to hear for yourself firsthand their experience um, in addition to some serious hot goss. So, yeah, get on it. Fantastic. And I feel like on that note, it's time for some more recommendations. (laughs) (laughs) So my recommendation this week is a reality TV antidote to maths. It's the detox that I said I needed. It's this. <laughs> it's the new season of Old People's Home for four-year-olds on ABC. It just started again um, last week. Oh. And it literally, this show actually is a social experiment. So they literally are doing baseline data and data afterwards. So it's about basically the loneliness older people have when they're in a nursing home and a lot of times don't get any visitors and they have statistics in the show that like 80% of people in nursing homes are depressed and things like this and their physical health's not very good. And they basically are trialing an intervention of getting them to spend time with four-year-olds and they bring a kindergarten into the nursing home and they take all of their, they have like psychologists, Jerry, geriatricians, dietitians, and they're taking all their measurements and fitness and all of their mental and physical health improved so much um, from this. And it's so beautiful and heartwarming. And it's for season two, which has just started, they flipped it. So now instead of the kids going into a nursing home, it is a multi-generational kindergarten and older people who still live alone by themselves and not in a nursing home all come on day trips into this multi-generational kindergarten. And it's about like, how much like the different generations can like enrich each other's lives and it's so beautiful and it literally is an experiment right now it's actually like will make you cry a multi-generational kindergarten that is so beautiful because it's like why do we separate 
age groups yeah. in caregiving industry. Like, I mean, there's yeah. no reason that they need to be separate. They both require care, different types yeah. of care, but, you know, still care and their You'll interaction You'll cry so much be watching this because some of it's also just, like, so sad. I like, didn't even watch season one. Sometimes they say the saddest things. You can start from season two or you can go back to season one, um, but season two's only just started, so only one episode's out so far. Oh, um, that's amazing. But it's beautiful and the thing is it's literally an experiment and they're literally using it to build an evidence base for rolling this out as a public policy more broadly and so since the show the Victorian government has actually pledged half a million dollars to build a multi-generational kindergarten facility in Mornington and lots of local governments and you know LGAs are picking it up and doing it themselves and so it's like the opposite of maths where they actually are doing an experiment on TV that is actually a real experiment and is also beautiful to watch. Oh, far out. You're really kicking my ass on hills and um, recommendations today. (laughs) Why am I so basic? My life is consumed by maths. Uh, Even my hill was related to maths. (laughs) Maths has consumed my life as well. Yeah. but in the like one hour I wasn't watching maths, I did watch this. So yes, look in good. the in the one weekend I wasn't watching maths, I went hiking in the Grampians and um, forced uh, <laughs> my boyfriend to watch a show or a documentary. It's a documentary, and mm-hmm. I'm also going to be forcing you to watch it, Grace. I'm also going okay. to be asking our listeners to watch it. Season four, okay. Yes. Um. It is a documentary called Free Solo and it is my favourite yeah. documentary I think that's ever been made. I mean, I have a few favourite docos, but I'm not a huge doco watcher, but I do love obviously, you know, uh, survival stories and TV shows, reality shows and everything. And, and this... so is it a man climbing up with no safety equipment? Is this the vibe? Correct. Yep. So mm. And they Sol- make a whole movie out of that? Yeah. And you think, huh, how could they do that? Like, that's Mm. random. And, like, is that even going to be interesting? Like, why would I want to watch this? Um, It's incredible. Like, you watch it. To give you context, the first time I watched this, like, I was desperate to watch it as well, but then, like, it hadn't come out yet and I finally was able to purchase it on, like, YouTube or something. And um, I watched it in the afternoon with a Mm -hmm. huge hangover. (laughs) <laughs> and I was sweating, gripping the seat, could not look away, and I was so tired. Like that's how into this documentary I was. Like it, it's kind of – it's so interesting. Um, it, okay. So essentially the concept is a rock climber learns how to climb this – rock any lots of different rocks so he, he's a rock climber he's elite but then what he does is he does that route lots and lots of times and then mm-hmm. he climbs without ropes right okay and he's literally taking his life into his own hands I mean the documentary does cover a little bit about what the sport is itself free soloing mm. um and it is something that, you know, some crazy people <laughs> do do, as in like extremists. I mean, it is what he's doing. It's so highly likely that you will die. 
Like it is really wow. just so risky and um, the people are sort of like, you know, there are some people who think they know what he's doing and they're scared and then there are people who actually know what he's doing and they are terrified. And wow. I mean, obviously you'd be terrified. And um, it's an interesting exploration of why he wants to do this, him actually doing it, learning how to do it, like what's the process, um, mm. how dangerous the sport is, but also, he, yeah, him as a person, his personality, um, and then also how his lifestyle can accommodate potentially a relationship and there's um, he has a girlfriend mm. in it and that's a really, really interesting portrayal because he's quite the narcissist because somebody who does a sport like this has to be. Because yeah. obviously what you're doing is so risky and it's a really interesting like ethical exploration of even the documentary makers making a documentary about such a topic because totally. they didn't want to like um, – They're complicit they, in it if he well, does they, die. Well, they didn't want to glorify it but they did want to yeah. show an interesting documentary about – and like they had been wrestling with the idea for years. And even during the documentary you see interviews with the documentary makers who are also elite climbers because you have to be to film it. Um, and they're still wrestling with it, you know, and it's just it – But is, they're climbing with ropes next <clears throat> to him. Oh, yeah, obviously, yeah. And yep. um, <laughs> they're not free soloing with camera equipment. But um, anyway, it's really incredible and I think it's a really interesting conversation to have. Um, I love watching it with people. So if you do, okay. like when you do watch it, I want to watch it with you. Um, anyone Maybe else? could do a Twilight-style live recording reaction sometime on season break, <laughs> movie night. I don't know if it's going to have like the same effect as that, but um, yeah, it's just incredible. Um, okay. Sounds boring, like a boring topic. Like when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, am I going to be interested? It's really good. Trust me. Just watch it. Okay, I will. Mm. Um, so, yeah, something to watch on season break. So, as mentioned, um, that's the end of season three. So, as usual, we'll take a um, bit of time off and let you know on the socials when we'll be back with our new episodes. And I'm sure it will fly by. In mm-hmm. the meantime, you know, You've got things to watch that we've been recommending all season that no doubt we'll be talking about next season, including this now. Absolutely. And um, I look forward to maybe a surprise TED Talk at some point, Grace. I think we can make that happen. (laughs) I think we can. I have the slide deck ready to go. (laughs) Sounds so good. Uh, well, thank you everyone for joining us for season three. I hope you liked our extraordinarily long episode, The Math Stravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't watched Married at First Sight, hopefully you could still follow along. But we're on break now, a well-earned break. And if you have missed any of our episodes, you can just go back in our archive. Or if you've got some faves, you can go back and have a listen. And if you need any recommendations, we've got them all in our show notes and on our Instagram. And please share this podcast with your friends. Tell everyone about it. Yeah. And also tell us what you want to hear for season four, because we'll be more than happy to catch up on some movies and TV shows on our break. Give the people what they want. Maths is nearly finished. I'm going to have a lot more time up my sleeve. For instance, do we want a survival story every episode quite specifically? Is that something that people want? Is that something that the people do not want ever again? You know, tell us, tell us we're open. (laughs) Yeah. But I hope you all have a great break as well. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you for season four. See you in season four, everybody. 
Just a reminder that we are savvy individuals and not experts. If you need some real advice, please contact someone who knows. Trash and Treasury is produced, authorised and sponsored by us because we did it ourselves. (laughs) 